episode of the Extraordinary Moms podcast. I'm Jessica Dahlquist, your host, and every week I interview a different mom who shares their motherhood journey and the lessons that they've learned along the way. If I've learned anything from interviewing such a wide range of moms, it's that no two moms parent in the same way, and we should celebrate that and learn from one another. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast today, and if you like what you hear, please share the show with a friend. Hey everyone, how are you? Welcome to episode number 19 of the Extraordinary Moms podcast. I am so glad you're here today and you'll be glad you're here today too when you hear how amazing my guest is. My guest is Georgia Anderson from Know How Mom. She is an extraordinary mother of four. She's a stepmother of three and she is just a wealth of information when it comes to emotion coaching. I learned so much, and if you follow me on Instagram, at jessicadalkos3, you may have heard some of my most recent woes from dealing with my oldest child and his heightened emotions. Well, I actually ask her some questions and go through some of the situations I've been facing, and she walks me step-by-step on how she would coach me through that scenario and how we can maybe have a different outcome and de-escalate an escalating child. Anybody else relate? Anybody else need that? Georgia is extraordinary, and I cannot wait for you to learn from her wisdom. I got so much out of this, and it was exactly the pep talk and the resource I needed right now. So let's get to it with Georgia. All right, I am so excited to be chatting at last with my friend Georgia Anderson today. Hi, Georgia. Hello, Jessica. We finally get to talk. It is so funny being kind of in the same circle of people doing similar things online and not actually knowing the person, but supporting wholeheartedly the other women in your same circle. Isn't this the coolest? It is because I feel like I know you pretty well. Yes. And we've never really talked. No, ever. Well, this is a really cool thing about social media. I love it so much. And we are spreading the same messages, but I love that we do it with different voices. And even when we're saying similar sentiments and we're coming from the same point of view in terms of parenting and philosophy and things like that, just different people resonate with different voices. And so I just think there can never be too many voices saying good things. That's my opinion. (laughs) I, I totally agree. And I love that mothers are speaking up and standing up and making this important, you know, like, I love what you do because of that. I I love that we're not just, you know, I I think when I was raising my children and I was younger, that was, we were just kind of in our own little house doing our own little thing. And now you young moms are out here talking together and broadcasting it. And I, I just celebrate it. I think it's so great. Yeah. I think the role of, or the conversation surrounding intention right? And mindfulness and, and really being proactive in terms of thinking about what you're doing, not just doing whatever we were taught, you know, things like that. I think that's how I was raised and my mom did a great job. I have a fantastic mom. Um, but there wasn't a whole lot of forethought in terms of the intention behind it. She just happened to be a good mom, which I totally lucked out with, but I'm really grateful for the moms that may feel like they wrestle a little bit more with what it looks like to be a good mom and to parent on purpose and to parent positively when their gut reaction might be not so positive, right? We can, we get to choose. I think that's powerful. Yeah. And to have an open discussion about it, that is what I really celebrate that we're, that 
you know, again, you're broadcasting, like you are out here talking to all these moms and everyone's story is different and they're all celebrated. So yay for you. Yay, yay for all of us. We're all just doing a great (laughs) job. Well, Georgia, for people that may not know you, will you just give a little background on yourself and your family? Sure. I've lived a long life, so that could be pretty long. So I'll try to make it short. Um, I am a mom of four kids and a stepmom of three kids, all of whom are married and bringing me grandchildren, which is quite a lovely thing. I can't even tell you guys how great it is. Like take motherhood and bump it up like on steroids. You don't have to do any of the grunt work and you get all the joy. It's like (laughs) the best thing ever. So I have um, 11 going on 13 grandkids and about Oh, gosh, it was 30 years ago, I was asked to be trained to facilitate some um, parenting and family classes in my church. And before that time, I'd worked as a choreographer in theater, and I was a theater major at the University of Utah. But something in me totally shifted when I was asked to learn to facilitate these classes. I I felt, I felt like I'd found myself, like this is what I really want to do. I later learned that there's a huge crossover between theater and psychology because you're both really studying human nature and behavior. You're just doing it one on a performance level and one on a psychological level or an intellectual level, but it was a quick crossover for me. And I quickly started facilitating those classes and fell in love with it. And through the years, I've just gotten a little bit more training and experience and Now, I five years ago, I started Know How Mom, which I just wanted to share that education with everyone that had blessed my life so much, and that's kind of where I am today. Hey, everyone. I know we're just getting started, but I want to thank one of our show sponsors, and that is Blue. So I want to ask you a question. Do you know what's in your deodorant? For a long time, I never even considered what I was putting so close to my body and my armpits. And then I looked it up and most deodorants we use every day contain aluminum, parabens, and other harmful products that have been proven to link to cancer. But Hug Me Deodorant by Bloom is an all natural, safe, and sustainable deodorant. And it really, really works. Bloom cares about what we put into our bodies and we should care too. So how exactly does it work? Well, Hug Me Deodorant by Bloom, that's B-L-U-M-E, is made with probiotics. The probiotics encourage your body to make more good bacteria, and as a result, your body produces less bad bacteria, so B.O. doesn't exist. These products work well for everybody, but what I love is they're really helping to target young teen girls who are going through a major life transition and making that process a little bit easier. Mainstream antiperspirants contain aluminum, which gets absorbed into the bloodstream and has been linked to cancer, and this solves that problem immediately. It's rated the best deodorant ever by New York Post. It's just so great. I'm loving it, and I know that you will too. So Hug Me by Bloom keeps you feeling good, feeling fresh, and super huggable. Right now, our listeners will get 25% off their first stick and free shipping when you text EMP to 79-79-79. This is a special offer you can't get anywhere else, and you support Extraordinary Moms when you support our sponsors. So text EMP to 79-79-79 to get 25% off your first stick of Hug Me deodorant. And if you don't love it, you can even return it for a full refund. No questions asked. So text EMP to 79-79-79. Thank you so much to Bloom for sponsoring this podcast, and I hope you will give it a try. So let's get back to the rest of my conversation with Georgia. 
So I'm dying to know. Georgia as an early mom, raising four little kids in the trenches where I am now. What did that look like for you? So that's before all of this training that you received to learn to, you know, share and everything. What did, what did that yeah. look like for you? What kind of mom were you? Uh, well, you know, I look back in hindsight and I think I was pretty rigid. I was pretty rigid in my role. And I remember having that first baby and really it was like bringing home a doll in some ways, except for that. I was like, whoa, this is way more painful and harder than I expected. Um, but I was pretty rigid in my view of what motherhood was going to be like. I'd kind of grown up in a very homogeneous society in a culture that everyone was similar. And like we talked about earlier, moms just kind of marched along and did their thing. And, and, and it was just kind of an inbred expectation that I had for myself, even though I had a creative mother, she was a composer and, you know, did a lot of creative things. Her main focus was still home and she got all that stuff done on the side, but I still thought that was what I was going to be too. Mm -hmm. Right. So I was just going to march along like my mother, who, by the way, had 11 children in 15 years. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> and rarely raised her voice and was just a natural, just a very natural mother. It came, you know, really, I think, I guess, I mean, maybe I should have that conversation with her, but it seemed to just flow for her. Mm. And as soon as my child was, my first baby was about two. And then I had another baby. All of a sudden, I just thought, I don't know how to do this. Yeah. Where's, where's the flow? It's not just happening for me. Like it seemed to happen for my mom. And it was at that same time that I got asked to do the facilitation and I started getting trained in facilitation for these family classes. It was the biggest blessing in my life. It, it totally shifted how I felt about parenthood and motherhood. I didn't think anymore, or I learned gradually, I should say that I didn't have to just be in step with every other way it worked for every other person. And that maybe there was a different way of looking at it and a different way for me to relate to my kids than my mom had related to me. Even though I don't have a whole lot of complaints, I wanted something a little bit different. So so you did get trained very early on. So your kids did have that added benefit and blessing of that training and everything. Was it, how hard was it for you to transition out of that rigid self versus owning what could be the flexibility and the flow and everything and embracing a different way? Oh, it was super hard. I'd yeah. say I'm still in it. Yeah. I'm Thank still you. doing it. Because <laughs> I think that is the pushback that, that this parenting philosophy gets a lot because people feel like, how could you possibly be this consistent and this loving and see the best in your kids all the time? Like, it just seems counter to what is actually possible for a human being. And it is challenging. It is a very challenging way. Um, but it is absolutely 100% possible for all humans, even if it's hard, right? Yeah, yeah, well, gosh, maybe, I don't know. I don't, well, we maybe should talk about that because <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I hear so much about the positive parenting movement and I am totally supportive of it. Mm -hmm. However, the stuff that I coach in and trained in is more the 
psychoeducational area of just being honest with our emotions mm. and yes, still focusing on the positive and that that's super important, but that it's also really important to be aware of and conscious of and attentive to negative emotion. Mm. So I might be a little bit different than what's happening in the general parenting public right now. I actually think I do have a little bit different twist on it, even though I'm completely supportive of the positive parenting mm -hmm. perspective. Yeah. Okay. That's super interesting. So um, you said that you'd watched my stories this morning. And so this is very timely that we're on a call. Thank you very much. So let me, let's just do a little case study and we'll see how it compares to how I've been responding more in the positive parenting vein, while I also agree very much in the emotion coaching aspect that you have brought into my life. Um, so my nine-year-old has always been very spirited, strong-willed. I mean, literally in utero, the amount of movement this kid was capable of, he just never stopped. Then he came out strong, roaring to go. We literally had to run up and down the hallways. He couldn't even let us like like bounce in place. He needed vigorous movement. I mean, he's just a go-getter. He was just and is just very opinionated, emotional, um, and very capable. And when he's not capable in something or he feels vulnerable, he unravels like on a nuclear level. And so mm -hmm. just the other day, for example, some, he got called out for not doing something perfectly and it wasn't bad or anything like that, but he just felt on display that there was a weakness on display and he just lost it and it was like a 45 minute, but he follows me. So I'm trying to ignore the junk behavior. And I said, you know what? I can't be around you when you're throwing things. So if you want to go in your room and work that out, fine. And then when you're ready to come back and talk about it, we can figure out what we want to do next. And so I just wanted to separate and separate the other kids from him and let him have his emotions. I see you're really mad about this, but this is not safe. So we separated. Mm -hmm. But then he follows me, right? Because he wants the attention. He wants to engage. He wants to wrestle, you know? And I'm not willing to do it in a heightened state. They're not teachable. I understand that. And so after about 40, 45 minutes, he starts to calm. And I invited him to sit by me and read a book. And I didn't address the behavior or the eruption. And we just started reading together. And then about 10 minutes into reading together, he was so close to me. And he said, I'm really sorry, mom. I'm not going to do that again. And it was like out of the blue because I didn't bring up anything. And I said, I love you so much. There's, there's other ways when you're angry. And then we kept moving on. And then I'll come yeah. back another time and teach, you know, what are those other ways to deal with anger and when you're feeling that boiling and stuff. It worked eventually. But I wish it was shorter. I wish the tantrum was shorter. I wish all that. I don't know. So what's what's your perception of, of what's going on? I guess I would turn around and ask you a question. Okay. So in that situation, what was the nugget challenge for you? For me, staying calm. Because I wanted so to match I wanted to match his rage naturally, you know, like okay. he's escalating. I felt inside like I was prone to escalating. But I didn't want I knew I didn't yeah. want to do that. Okay. So this is an interesting challenge because as you say, as like right from the get go, this child's been really fast to, to boil over, mm -hmm. right? Quick yes. to emotion. Yes. So um, for kids like that, and it's really, I love your story that he 
naturally calmed down and he naturally apologized. And that's really awesome. Sometimes kids also need some cues and help processing from us. So Mm -hmm. if he were not, first of all, if he were not really swift to anger, and you may even find that this will work with him, but something that we really try to teach and coach parents to do with the Gottman research that I am a big, huge fan of Mm -hmm. is that we start to notice emotions when they're small. Mm. Now with him, that's a super big challenge (laughs) because he's naturally very explosive. So it would be helping him to notice triggers and you noticing triggers and working with him on what those triggers are. So it would not necessarily be ignoring what we are, you know, the buzzword is ignoring the junk behavior, which is good on a general level, Mm -hmm. but sometimes it's good to notice what the trigger is and to actually acknowledge it. And I want to stop you real quick. I love how you said that I want to recognize the trigger, not the emotion that will come from after the trigger is triggered. Mm-hmm. I think that's I think that's what I'm responding to is the emotion. And and like I said in the beginning of the story, like I recognize it's when he feels vulnerable. It's when he feels on dis- a weakness is on display. I know that that's mm-hmm. the trigger, but I'm not necessarily doing the best job at preventing the escalate, like preventing the trigger or I don't, okay, I'll let you continue, but we're on okay, the same page. Yeah. Okay. So once you, once you start to get a pattern and you notice that there's going to be a trigger, like yes. you're saying when he's vulnerability is on display, right. Mm-hmm. And you can see this coming. It's a really wonderful opportunity to recognize. And sometimes, you know, the trigger can be the way he likes to work through things, or sometimes people work better by working through the emotion Mm. because the emotion is what's embodied in us. The emotion is what comes and we can work with that emotion. When we work with that emotion, we can let it pass. Mm. We can be mindful of that when it's small and it will pass as long as we, you know, coach our child through it. So depending on the child, depending on the situation, and you have to be the expert here for your child and, you know, practice and fail and see what works, (laughs) but noticing either the trigger or the emotion when you, when it's small or when you can see it's going to come about and make sure that you either address the emotion by saying, Hey, I can see that you're starting to feel upset and address that emotion in him, put a name to it. Like I can see you're starting to feel upset and see if he will respond to that. Okay. I think that helps the parents stay calm. Mm Mm-hmm. I think it helps the child have an opportunity not to explode. They may still explode. Their brains are still developing. They may need to get, you know, go all the way. But um, so the trigger is also another one where you can say, hey, we're going to be doing such and such. And I know that sometimes that can be hard. That can be a a time that's really hard for you. And I want to know what you need. Wow. I I want to know what you need. Okay. All right, we are getting ramped up with Georgia. I love these tips so much, and I hope they are helping you so far. But I did want to thank another show sponsor, and that is Wander Beauty. I think we can all agree that we love feeling good and looking our best. We don't always have the time for that, anybody, but I know that when I take a few minutes in the morning to get dressed, put on some clothes that make me feel good, and put on a face and makeup, it can really change the trajectory of my day. And that is why Wander Beauty is so great. Wander Beauty is for women on the go, moms who are often putting makeup on in the car, anybody feel that way? And Wander Beauty is about doing it with less products. 
Their beauty essentials are for multitasking and multi-purpose, allowing you to create a full look without a full makeup bag. It is so, so cool. And everything about it makes it mess-free and stress-free, and they want to offer that to my listeners. You can get 20% off your purchase at wanderbeauty.com slash EMP. That's wanderbeauty.com slash EMP for 20% off. That's wanderbeauty.com slash EMP. Thank you so much, Wander Beauty, for helping me feel a little more put together. Now let's keep going with Georgia. So if you're going to address it from the trigger standpoint, you address it ahead of time, knowing from experience that this is a challenging situation. Find out what he needs from you for support so that he can manage it a new way. Hmm. And if you're going to manage it from the emotion part, being able to say, hey, I can see you're, you're starting to get upset. Hmm. You want to talk about it? Do you want to tell me about it? What's this like for you? Where do you feel it in your body? What can I do to help you? Yeah, because when they're feeling these big emotions and when they're starting to to boil inside, even when it's small, like they don't like where this is going either. They, they can't. Don't. They can't possibly. Hmm. And wow. and we can ignore those things and there are definitely situations where we need to ignore that behavior. Yeah. However, I don't want any child to feel like their big emotions have to just get ignored and squashed. Mm, And I think that there are times in our kids' lives where we need to really be aware and, and see them, see them in their pain. The research of John Gottman tells us that your best opportunity for connection with your child is when their emotions are negative. Yeah. Right. So to constantly ignore the negative emotions Mm -hmm. To me, you're missing opportunities for connection. Right. And so that is an opportunity for connection, but not teaching, right? Right. Okay, okay. So you want to be there for them, meet their needs. What is it that I can offer you? What do you need right now? But then that's all separate from teaching about, you know, kind of the tool, building the toolbox for the, you know, identifying the triggers and what they can do for later, right? Okay, got it. And also, I'm not saying that this that it's appropriate to say what do you need when they're in there in a full blown tantrum. Sure. Okay, so let's Definitely say they get not. there. So so let's say the the what do you need when it's small? It's like I need you to let me move out of the house and change my school. That was this morning, Georgia. Hey, and here, so, no, then, I, I loved that. Okay. I loved your scenario. Okay. Okay, so he's saying, you know, I need you to move out of the house. I want to move far away from you. <laughs> How okay. can we Connect with that child with that feeling. Like, because it's real. Right. I wanted to run away. I, I remember. Totally. You probably did it one I time. I did. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. I made it to the curb. Okay. And I just sat so and I was wondering when my mom was. How can I connect mm-hmm. with him mm-hmm. in that moment? So, in you know, um, instead of giving him an answer, well, you can or you can't do that or whatever. You yeah. Know, we, that's what we want to do as a parent because yes. we know everything and we're very godlike to our children. And we recognize that power and we want to use it. But how can we instead connect with our child in that moment? So tell me what he said again, and I'm going to just role play it with you. So this was a separate incident. This was this morning, and um, he was triggered by something. And then he said, can I change schools? I want to change schools. I have to go to a school that's in my neighborhood. So that means I need to move out of your house and so I can be as far away from you as I possibly can. Okay. Wonderful. This is a wonderful opportunity for connection right here. Okay. I was not connecting this morning. Okay. We're going to do it. We're going to do it differently next (laughs) time. Here we go. (laughs) He's not in a full blown tantrum. He is 
talking. He is connectable. Yeah, yes. He's okay. Talking. okay. 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 So what, if you were to put a word to take a guess at a word that describes how he's feeling at this moment, what would it be? Well, surprisingly, he's embarrassed. He was feeling embarrassed okay. um, by what had happened previously. And so this was the manifestation. Is that an okay answer? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So if we were to put that word in an emotion, you know, yeah. in a sentence toward him, you seem like you feel embarrassed right now, honey. Yeah. You were embarrassed that you didn't take care of your homework the night before. That's what. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and if, if possible, I'd even take the you out of it. Okay. Okay. You're feeling embarrassed about the homework. It sounds like you're feeling embarrassed about the homework. Okay. Now, if you're him and I say that to you, sounds like you're feeling embarrassed about the homework, honey. No, you should have told me that I needed to give you the papers last night and now I'm late for school. Oh, so it sounds like you'd like it to be my job to give you the papers out of your backpack. Yeah, you're the mom. Mm, So moms are in charge of what's in the backpack. Well, no, but I'm just late for school now. Yeah, that's frustrating. And then you probably have nothing to say. (laughs) (laughs) Literally, you know? Wow, that's different. That's different. It's different. Hmm. It's different. But what I'm doing is allowing him to own his problem and still connecting with him. Hmm. I'm not going to ignore it. I'm going to connect with him and be a mirror for what he's feeling and sit with him in it. Yeah. It was what I tried to do with you. Right. I love it. Okay. Wow. And and sometimes these scenarios do play out where it starts to go up, 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 and then it starts to come back mm-hmm. down. You're like, wow, yep. well, this is working. And so in the event that it keeps going up and he's just not giving up, then then what? Yeah. Let's just play that out. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So then if it turns into misbehavior, which you're kind of describing here. So he's plopping down on the sidewalk. Mm-hmm. He's just determined to just have a, you know, have a power struggle. At that point, I would probably, this is where your own emotion coaching really comes into play. And if you start, your own heart starts to race and you start to feel defensive and you feel like you're in a hands forward position, like you're ready to go to battle or defend yourself, Mm -hmm. which is where it's really easy to get really fast. Mm -hmm. I suggest two things. One of them is to literally take your hands from a facing forward position and put them down to your sides with your palms up. Wow. So just do that right now. Or putting down the finger that you're lifting, like, oh, I'll yes. show you. Put okay. down the finger so putting and down put your hands. hands like this, like okay. Gandhi okay. or Buddha. Yep. You're open. And tell me what happens to your heart rate. Slows. It really does. It really slows. Now, it doesn't mean his behavior is going to change, but right. yours might. Okay. And you might withdraw from that power struggle. And then you may choose to add some words like, you know what? I'm feeling too upset right now to talk about this anymore. I would like to talk about it with you and we can discuss it at make a date. Uh, So you announce your departure from that conversation and you make a promise of return. mm, That's different than just ignoring. And it's different than slamming the door and walking out or saying you're you're late for school, get out of the car, whatever. Uh So the two rules of that, positive time out for yourself are first to get your own emotions in order. And I like to do that by what I call making the Gandhi response. (laughs) 
And um, then announcing your departure, saying, you know, I'm too, my heart's racing too hard to, to think really clearly right now. I'm going to take a little break from this conversation. I want to talk to you about it and make a promise of return, a date to talk about it in the future. When you can come back with your whole brain intact and you can ask some what questions, what happened, what were you feeling, you know, what do we want to do about it, that kind of thing. Yeah. When I shared these stories, I got so many responses from people saying like, yep, that happens in my house. That happens in my house. And so I know that even though this story is particular to my child and we spent a lot of time on it, which I really, really appreciate, it's all of our kids. It's, it's you know, plug, mm-hmm. plug in the scenario, plug in the emotion, plug in their response, your response. But it's the same kind of formula to getting to the root of how to connect. Yeah. Right. I mean, Jessica, it's yeah. me. That's me sometimes with my husband, yeah. right? I do the same thing. I have triggers that trigger me and I start right up that spiral. Right. And I have to, I hopefully he'll either do the Gandhi or I'll do the Gandhi. But one of us hopefully has enough education now that eventually we'll come back to that or we'll really blow it and we'll come back and repair later. Mm. But, you know, we're, we don't have to get it right all the time. Right. It's not necessary. Yes. And I could not agree more. I've spoken a lot about this lately that because some people get so, they beat up themselves so much for not doing it right all the time. But I said the comeback and like you said, the repair is modeling just as healthy of behaviors as doing it the right way and modeling it properly. Absolutely. And so many times we don't do that repair step. And we instead we just are embarrassed and we beat ourselves up in our own mind. But how will our kids ever know how to do the repair attempt if we're not modeling that component as well? Yeah, and that ties in so well to like the work of Carol Dweck, the growth mindset work, mm-hmm. where she's talking about that perfectionism, that need to be called right and seen as right and seen as doing it well. When in reality, real growth and flourishing comes from tripping over your feet all the time and Mm -hmm. getting back up and trying again. Mm -hmm. And if we can model that for our children, even in the way we parent and be able to go to them and say, you know what? I was totally out of my head today. I said things that I didn't want to say and I need a do over. Can we pull out like the magic eraser (laughs) and just erase it and start? Would you let me have a do over on that? Can I try it again? And literally try role-playing it again with them. That teaches a child so much about life and how life is messy and how they can get through things and parents can have a do-over and they can have a do-over. I mean, I'd be interesting to know how many parents and how many homes and how many kids are being raised with the idea that it's okay to mess up, right? Yeah, I know that it was hard for me to get there. I I mean, it, it took me decades to get there, to be honest with you. Yeah. It took me decades. Oh, my goodness. Well, I know that you say you're still a work in progress and you're still figuring all this out too, but one of the hardest things, I think, is that we see people talking about parenting in a way that is effective and constructive and bonding and things like that, and it feels so much harder to do it, right? And so I can only imagine that you'd be the first to to say how, how challenging it really is to implement this and to be consistent and stuff. So... In what ways have you struggled on this path of of doing all this the right way? Because please tell me you're not doing it all right, right? (laughs) No, and anyone you think is doing it perfect, they're just, they're good actors. Yeah, (laughs) we're all thespians. (laughs) Yeah, 
and there is that whole Tony Robbins fake it till you make it thing, you know, yeah. but, but in reality, we're all, everyone is, there's an old saying, we're all the walking wounded. And that's, that's good because that's why we learn compassion and, and understanding for each other. But okay. So let's see, what am I doing wrong? What am I doing right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I should have Mark on the show with you and then he can tell you all my secrets and all of our secrets. We struggle with a lot of things. So a, I'm in a second marriage now. So not only, you know, I was learning all of this stuff, but I had been married for 20 years and I was married to a really intelligent man, but could not connect emotionally very well. And as we were married longer and longer, he started to get more and more withdrawn. And here I was teaching about families and relationships, and my relationship was disintegrating. He was pulling away further and further. And this took, you know, five or six years. And finally he said, I'm, I'm leaving. And it was like a, a bomb had gone off in my life. I mean, I, I kind of saw it coming, but I kept thinking, he'll get better. He'll come back. He'll, he'll go through this midlife thing and, and it'll come, we'll, we'll be able to work through this, you know, this pulling away. He's just got to kind of find himself. Well, he wanted to find himself somewhere else. And yeah, so, you know, this bomb went off in my life when I was 41 and had four kids ages nine to 16. And he wanted visitation, but not joint custody. So I was left with, had never having had a career, you know, teaching parenting classes on the side, doing some choreography. And all of a sudden I've got four preteen and teenage kids by myself and like had to start over with a whole new perspective. So by no means was my life perfect or has it been perfect. I will say that having the training I had up to that point, I think is what really made my divorce experience not maybe not unique but blessed in a way because I feel like my children because I I knew a little bit about how to listen effectively and how to be there for them and no way was I perfect no way but we stumbled through it together and I think they felt my love and support for them and I knew a little bit about boundaries and how not to share my problem with all of this with them to find people who could support me on the outside. Um, Good therapists, good friends who really held me together during that time. And so, you know, there's one of the big issues I dealt with. (laughs) Well, oh man, thank you for sharing that. And I have told my friends who are experiencing divorce at the current time again and again, something that I heard you say that your kids will do about just about as well as you do in terms of divorce. True. And I think that can be applied in, in any scenario, really. Um, and I've told my sister-in-law that a lot lately because she's been so worried about her kids. And I'm sure you were so worried about what this was going to you know, do to your kids. But when you're doing your part, when you're continuing to model, even in the face of hard things, kind of like those repair attempts that we just talked about and showing them how to come back from something hard, Show them how to get through something hard. Show them that it's possible to have light on the other side of dark. Show them that's possible. And then they'll do just about as well as you do. And I think that is tremendously powerful. And as you were talking, it, it got me thinking, so what if you're doing your part? What if you're doing the things in your marriage, 
with your kids. You're, you know this stuff inside and out. And you're doing these things, not perfectly, but consistently enough. And the response isn't there. So whether it's special needs or whether it's just lack of desire to make it work, like we've all have difficult people and difficult relationships, but maybe it's something we can't entirely cut out or it's tricky. What would you say to that yeah. person that's struggling in that in that phase right now? Well, this is trite, but start with you. You're the only person who you have control over and that can actually make a huge difference. It may not make a difference for them. They may choose not to change. They may choose to be who they are. And maybe that's the best they can do. Mm. What I finally had to come to peace with that with my ex-husband, that maybe that's the best he could do under his own circumstances. And it took me years to get there. There were a lot of things that happened that really made me angry. And I had to work through a lot. But now that I'm 15 years, I mean, 20 years out, you know, I, I really feel very at peace with that. Everyone's doing the best they can, Jessica. Mm -hmm. I really believe that. And when I finally figured that out and realized that there's nothing in the world I can do to change another person, I can only change how I show up. My whole perceptive or my whole perception shifted and I found so much more peace in my life. Well, I just wanted to thank one last show sponsor, and that is Green Chef. Green Chef is a USDA certified organic company that makes eating well easy and affordable with plans to fit every kind of lifestyle. It is a home delivery service for your meals with just the right amount of ingredients to make cooking at home a no-brainer. I love Green Chef so much. I had my box delivered to my door literally yesterday, and it came in the nick of time because I hadn't had time to go to the grocery store and I automatically had three meals to feed my family. It's so amazing. Green Chef's expert chefs design flavorful recipes for your lifestyle that go way beyond ordinary substitutions. They have a diverse array of meal plans with plenty of options to choose from every week so you can actually enjoy sticking to your goals depending upon your dietary needs. Meal plans include everything from paleo, vegan, vegetarian, pescatarian, Mediterranean, heart smart, lean and clean, keto, gluten-free, and omnivore. There is literally something for everybody at Green Chef. Recipes are super quick and easy with step-by-step instructions, chef tips, and photos to guide you right along. Everything's handpicked and delivered right to your door. That is my favorite part, and I would love for you to give it a try. For $50 off your first box, go to greenchef.us slash EMP. Again, that's for $50 off your first box of Green Chef. Go to greenchef.us slash EMP. And if I do say so myself, try their chicken and red pepper Alfredo. That is a family favorite. All right, Green Chef, thanks for sponsoring this show. And now let's finish up with the amazing Georgia Anderson. I love that so, so much because I think we do kind of subconsciously a lot of the time put a lot of expectation on other people to make us happy or, and even the way we communicate, that makes me feel sad. That makes me mad when you, you know, whatever. And when we assign that they have, you know, even a three-year-old has that power, that makes me mad. Don't make mom mad. Three-year-old's responsible for your emotions and your emotional regulation, ability, ability to cope and move on. And come on, right? And but, I know. But we don't even yeah. realize. We don't even realize we're doing it. But when we know better, we do better. So we're going to start. Yeah. This is why we're talking about it. 
Yeah. I call my husband out on it all the time because he grew up saying that. That makes me so mad. You make me so mad. And I, I still call him out on it. Yeah. And I try really hard to say, I feel blank instead right. of you make me feel blank. Right? right. Just say, I feel blank. Or the story I told myself was blank. Right. Or, you know, what happened inside of my body was blank when this happened. Right. But I really work hard to get you out of it. Yeah. Oh, I love that tactic. I love it. So tell everybody what you're working on right this second that people can be involved in because I know people are like getting amped up like, okay, we're going to we're gonna do this. We're going to take care of these things in our home. <laughs> what are you working on right now that's so, so exciting? Okay. I'm super excited because this month my daughter and I, she helps me with a lot of my graphic stuff on oh, cool. Instagram and we created our little buddy quest book together. And we are working on a relaunch of Buddy Quest, which is a book based on the work and research of John Gottman about creating more friendship within relationships. And we focused on siblings. So we know summer's coming and we wanted to focus on Buddy Quest. And we are working on like a little summer program for siblings where they'll get their Buddy Quest book and they'll fill out the workbook, but then they'll get an email through their parents once a week where they get a little assignment to work on together to become better friends at home. So we're super excited about that. I love it. That's amazing. Oh, I'm going to have to get in on that. So where can people find it just before we move on to the other things that's going on? Well, when it's ready, they can find it at knowhowmom.com. Perfect. Okay. We'll link to everything in the show notes too for you. But okay. So the buddy quest. Yeah. Summer is the perfect time. I mean, I get a little intimidated by summer. It's like more hours equal more opportunities for things to go wrong. But it's also more opportunity for things to go right and to spend more time on the things that really matter and to foster connection. And you get bonus hours to do that. So yeah, I'm excited for that opportunity. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And I, all you need sometimes is a little nudge. Yeah. And that's what we're trying to create is just a little nudge to move kids in that direction. Cool, cool. Okay, then what else? Oh, boy, what else? Okay, the weirdest thing has been happening lately. So I teach the Gottman marriage classes, and I also travel a lot, okay, So because I'm at that stage of life where I can. And we do some humanitarian work, but then I also travel. I've got some friends that – and because of my husband's business, we just traveled quite a bit. Well, Weirdly enough, I was down doing my marriage class at Bryce, which we do the Gottman marriage class down there in the summer, or the fall and the winter. And one of the couples that took the class owns a tour company and they're like, this is perfect for a cruise. So a cruise came out of that. So we're doing a cruise next February. And then the, the same month, two of my travel friends came to me and said, we're starting boutique travel stuff. And we want to do some of your Gottman stuff in Switzerland and Scotland. So like, it's been the weirdest thing, like God telling me that maybe I'm supposed to combine my sense of adventure with this work I love, and we're going to see how it goes. I love that so much. And so the focus for those retreats are on marriage, which you're obviously yes. a big fan of and proponent of. But it's the same principles a lot of times by still the Gottman Research. Hey. If you can get your communication and and relationship right in the marriage, so much of that dribbles down into how you communicate with your children. Yes. Oh, I love it. So everything's over at knowhowmom.com. They can get all the information there. And you have an online course, but are we too late for that? No, that will come up again. It is starting okay. like today, and this will not come out today. Yeah. So um, the online course will be available, and I always have workshops popping up like quarterly yeah. and doing more and more online now because that's just the way life is now, even though I love in-person a lot better. I love it. So yeah, if you're interested in emotion coaching or any of that, just 
keep keep tabs on you and you're on Instagram as well and you're great about sharing uh, content and tips and everything over there. And I love to hear your daughter's working with you. That's so awesome. Yeah, she's she's been amazing. And, you know, we'll also start up our texting course. So uh, we do a little texting course that helps you raise the positivity in your relationship with your kids. So you can get a text from me three times a week that just gives you a little reminder. And that's a great one for summer, too. That will be coming up. So there's all kinds of stuff. We're just kind of always searching for what will help families and give them a little nudge toward connection. I love it. Oh, you're doing such good work. And I just love how... You know, 40 years ago, you would have never predicted your life would look exactly like it does right now. And would you change a single factor in in a single element of what you're experiencing today? No, I wouldn't. Even though, like, I would never wish cancer on anyone, but people learn incredible lessons from cancer. I would never wish divorce on anyone, ever. And yet, becoming a stepmom and dealing with blending a family and helping my kids through that and me through that, I learned lessons I couldn't have learned any other way. Mm. And so I, I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't. Yeah. I think that offers a lot of hope to people that maybe feel a victim to their circumstances, but really it's a matter of your, pers- your perspective of, well, this is, it is what it is. So what am I going to do or what am I going to think about it? And what can I do? Yeah. yeah, and and not thinking of something happening to you, but of you mm-hmm. going through something. Right. So you're going through maybe this really dark tunnel, and yet there is a light at yeah. the end. It may be a long and dark tunnel, but there is a way out down there. And and most of our experiences in life are not. If we can shift that perspective of something happening to us rather than us moving through something, it's, yeah. it can be a big big shift. Huge, huge. Oh, Georgia, this has just been such a great start to my morning and just could not be more timely in my life right now. So I'm just so grateful for you taking the time to share the personal aspects of your journey with us as well as the expertise that you have acquired and that you've practiced and that you teach so, so beautifully to moms everywhere now. I just have three final questions that I always ask my guests. And the first one is, what is your purpose? Wow. (laughs) Um... I think my purpose at this point in my life, I figured out, is to flourish. I want to flourish as a human being. I want to be like constantly curious and open and compassionate to myself and other people. I just want to facilitate flourishing for myself and other people. What a beautiful word. Wow. What makes you smile? I think creation makes me smile. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. I love Obviously, if you follow my Instagram, you know I love being outside and I love being in nature. Um, I love the seasons. I love change and variability. So whether creation takes place in nature, I also love great art, whether it's the written word or music or theater or creating a great meal, whatever it is. I love that art, that 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 creation in us. Mm. So you know, and that has a lot to do with recreation. And that's maybe why I love to recreate a lot because (laughs) I believe in it. I really do believe in it. And it makes me smile and it helps me flourish to see other people create and recreate their lives, even in a moment of an argument with a child to recreate yourself. Wow. Oh, I love that. I love that perspective. And I just want to tell you, out of all the people that, that come across in my feed every day, even the people I know in real life, you are one of the most appreciative, consistently grateful people. And 
and in the way that you share, I mean, just the smallest things, whether you're outside, like literally the light in your eyes is like, bing, like all the time. No joke. And, you and there's so kind. And there's people that Thank say you. like, oh, I'm really grateful for this. Or, you know, we make our little grateful lists. And, but there's a difference between people that live out that gratefulness and that appreciation and that awareness that life doesn't have to be perfect, that it doesn't have to go just the way you want it to. But the appreciation that you can grow from something, that you can move through something, I think it's changed you in a way that allows you to literally leap through the screen and through our ears and our hearts and in person that is a way that is just really extraordinary, Georgia. Oh, wow. That is so touching to me because honestly, I... I think no one is really getting it half the time. And I think, why am I doing this? So that really is very nice of you. Okay, good. We all think that. We all think that. So, yeah, I, I mean that wholeheartedly. Um, I always think, wow, in that stage of my life, I hope I can be as appreciative and grateful and, and seeking for fun. Sometimes I feel like, oh, yeah, I could go out with girlfriends, but I'd rather just like put on my PJs and not, you know, like it just takes too much energy to do some of the fun things. It does. (laughs) Oh, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, like I try to hike twice a week, maybe more depending on the season, but every single time I go, I'm like, I shouldn't be going. I shouldn't be going. I should be cleaning out the pantry. I should be doing this for the grandkids. I should be doing that. Every time I have to make a conscious choice to go do that and to flourish in my life. It's never easy. That is very fascinating to me because it looks like you're just an expert at like self-care and prioritizing your values. That's what it looks like to me, but wow. That's... I'm definitely better at it. I'm yeah. getting better at it, but there I'd say at least 50% of the time I'm like, I shouldn't have come. I shouldn't have come until I'm done. And then I'm like, I'm, I'm glad, so I came. glad I came. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Oh, that's amazing. Well, Georgia, the purpose of this whole entire podcast is to help women and moms especially realize how extraordinary they truly are, exactly as they are and where they are in this moment. Simply the fact that we were created as uniquely as we are is just baffling when you when you consider it. And there's some things that you are doing and I am doing and that the girl across the street is doing on a daily basis that come naturally to us but that we take for granted because we just do and operate. Mm-hmm. But I think when we really take stock of who we are and our strengths and the things that make us unique and put the value, the proper value behind those attributes, we can really use our uniqueness for so much good. And we can give ourselves so much more credit, not in a boastful way, but in a way that validates the work that we're doing and the fact that it's worth showing up every day. And that makes us truly extraordinary. And so I want people to own that. So Georgia, I want to know for you, What is it that makes you extraordinary? That is challenging. Thank you for challenging me. You're welcome. Um, I had a college professor once say to me, he somehow let me into this really elite choir at the University of Utah. And because I'm not, I have a, I have a serviceable voice, but not like an incredible Serviceable. (laughs) No, I am serviceable. Angela Lansbury used that once and I thought, that's me. That's hilarious. That's funny. Okay, keep going. (laughs) Anyway, he let me in, which was a really incredible experience to be in this choir. And he was this amazing man. He's just like everyone. He's so adored. But he said to me one time, you know, Georgia, 
you're not that great a singer, but you're really good glue. Mm. And it spoke to my heart when he said that. It, it kind of hurt my feelings at first that I know I'm not that great a singer. I'm serviceable. But but he said, you're really good glue. And it it stuck with me. And I thought, you know what? That is what I'm good at. I'm resilient. I'm flexible. I, I, I'm, I'm pretty good at holding people together, bringing people together and helping them see connection. So I guess that's my superpower a little bit. I'm good glue. That is a great one. And what I love about your response and so many other responses is these are not attributes you'd put or accomplishments that you would put on a resume. You know, and so some mm-hmm. people think like, I don't do anything. I'm just average. I'm just a mom. I'm just this. I'm just that. I'm just average. But no, 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 no. What are the things that you can do in the space that you are in to be the glue, to create the invitation you would want to receive because you're willing to have people in your home and people are desperate for connection? What are the very small things that you can easily do? It's no skin off your back, but it can just add so much to the world. I love it. I love yeah. it. Georgia, can we just do this every week? Let's just do a Jessica yeah. and Georgia podcast. Let's do that. <laughs> I'm into that. I'm into that. Let's do the go to school walks and we'll role play together. I love please, it. Please, please. This has been so wonderful. And I know everyone listening is going to appreciate this conversation so much. So I love you. I love the work you're doing and I appreciate you so much. Thank you, Jessica. And I feel the same way about you. I love that you're bringing light to the ordinary because that's where the joy in our life is, is in the ordinary. So thank you. It is. Thank you. Boom, Georgia. (laughs) I got so much out of that conversation, not just when she was analyzing and coaching me through the situations that I've been facing with my son, but all of the nuggets of truth and wisdom that have come both from her expertise and from just her living life and being a season beyond where I am. I love having friends and mentors that are a season beyond where I am because there's just so much I can learn from them. And I'm so grateful for people like Georgia who are out there in the world championing other women, especially young moms who are in the trenches that are doing their best to be the best they can be. And her message is so powerful. So I hope you will check out all of the resources she provides at Know How Mom. And I hope that you will also follow me over on Instagram at JessicaDahlquist3. I'm at Facebook at Extraordinary Moms Podcast. And links to anything we talked about today, um, pictures of Georgia, are over at ExtraordinaryMomsPodcast.com. If you got a lot out of this episode, will you do me a favor? Will you screenshot it and will you share it? Will you be sure to tag me so I can say thanks too? But that sharing means so, so much. And be sure to express to Georgia your gratefulness for all of her wisdom that she shared here today. So thanks so much for tuning into the podcast, everybody. You're the best. I hope that you can have a great day with your family and a great rest of your week. And we will see you next week for another episode with another Extraordinary Mom. Bye.